Therefore, remember that you formerly, you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, that thus establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, by it having put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father, so that you are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building is being fitted together, growing into the holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Father, help us to have ears to hear. Help us to have hearts that are thrilled by the privilege of the bride of Christ. And Father, may we be overwhelmed by the teachings of your holy scripture in our lives. And may it be alive in your spirit as we take comfort. Father, overwhelm us with this privilege and this blessing of prayer. But of also, Father, of your holy book. And that, Father, we are now one and we are at peace with you. In Christ's name, amen. The Apostle Paul is bringing us to a conclusion here. You will see there in chapter 3, verse 1, for this reason, what reason, what we are looking at right now, what we just went through in chapter 2. We should have seen in eternity past in chapter 1 what the plan was. And now we look at its fulfillment in chapter 2. And then for in chapter 3, he prays that we get it. That we can get a handle on this. It's a, it's a strange, strange thing. And if you look at mankind throughout history... There has always been divisions. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, I listen to people talk about the millennials. And you're like, what, the, what is a millennial? And then they tell me what it is. It's someone who was born in different years. But you know what I was wondering? I'm a baby boomer. Okay. What was there before baby boomers? It's like nothing ever happened before baby boomers. <laughs> and then poof, here we are. 
Okay, and then you got the Gen Xers, and you've got this, you got that, and all the rest of it. And uh, all I look at is just a way to divide us. And, and it's kind of amazing to me, because the church has embraced this too, because we've got to have youth groups, we've got to have young married classes, we've got to have divorce classes we've got to have just fill it out and it's that's that's what we do and and it's to, to me i don't need division i learned a long time ago a young married people need to be with old married people okay and you learn from them old married people of the things that you're about to experience and that just, you know, the same thing with kids. Kids don't need kids teaching kids. Kids need adults teaching them. And it's it just, you know, we were looking this morning at Psalm 19 that says that the Word of God is pure and it only perfects the soul. So we don't even need a whole bunch of other stuff. Just get that one. All right, why? Because I think it's really cool to have a perfected soul. You know, these are things that man has always put up barriers. I, I mean, it's I, I've never seen anything like it, and and yet uh, we almost we almost take pride in our barriers. I remember a discussion that I had with some theologians on denominations and it was funny because the one guy he says he didn't like denominations so he started his own denomination and you're like well there you go that'll work and so but they said well you believe like us why don't you leave the baptist and become one of us and i thought well that's the dumbest thing i ever heard well we're independent fundamentalists and we have our own denomination. And you're like, well, that's corny. Why don't you come back to being a Baptist? You know, and just don't admit it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, just don't tell nobody that, you know, I'm Baptist. What, what is, because I, you know, I ask, I have people ask me that. What are you? Uh, uh, Terry? <laughs> well, what church you go to? The one that has the Bible? Oh, you go to a Bible church. Is there another kind? And then it dawned on me, there are. <laughs> there, there are churches that have no idea what the Bible is. But they're, they're, they're passionate about whatever it is they think they're doing. And I think about this, the Apostle Paul writing this letter. And it, it's amazing to me because the Apostle Paul is in prison writing this. He's chained to a Roman soldier's 24 hours a day. And yet he says, I want you to understand something. The barriers are gone. And I'm like, how in the world do you get encouragement being imprisoned? And I want to encourage you in the oneness that we have in Christ. And yet he did. But he says, I need to remind you, you formally... In the past, we're separate from Christ. 
And we went through this and we looked at it and we said, okay, we have this social separation, the Jew and the Gentile, and it's still there. I mean, listen at it. I, I heard Vladimir Putin say that the guys that caused our election problems were Jewish Russians. And you're like, really? You've got to be kidding me. And, you know, well, that's why, that's who did it. They weren't just, just Russians. They were Jewish Russians. But that's the way it's always been. The Gentiles have always looked at the Jews as a race of slaves. There has never been a more persecuted people than the Jews. Ever. Okay? Okay, I mean, you, like I was sharing, you have baby boomers, you've got Gen Xers, you've got millennialists, you've got this, that, and the other. And we do that. You know, I listened to churches here in Castle Rock, and they, to plant this church, we did a demographic study. And I was like, well, what does that mean? They said, we wanted to find out what the main age group of the people in Castle Rock was. And then we will build our church based to that group. And I thought, that's weird, because I had this, this little Welsh guy. And he preached on every continent except for Antarctica. And he always preached the same message. And it didn't matter what the group that he was talking to. And he did it, everything from teenagers to elderly to Orientals to Caucasians to Africans, you name it. He covered them all. And he never changed his message for his demographic group. It was give him the word and let the spirit deal with it. So without Christ in our past, we were alienated from Christ. We were alienated from the covenants. We were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. But the work of the cross brought that all back together. Now, socially, we are one with the brothers and sisters in Christ. I've traveled international several times. And one of the amazing things is you bring forth the word. And those people who enjoy the word of God are all drawn to that place. Regardless of the languages, regardless of the cultural barriers. I mean, when I was in Georgia... It was like going back 150 years. I mean, you, you just what they did and how they live. And, and I mean, it was really very fascinating. But we all had the oneness of the, of the Spirit of God. We also had the oneness of the power and the authority of the Scriptures. That has been all taken care of. The absolute unity that exists only exists in the person of Christ. You can't get around it. I mean, I remember going to a church in Israel, and they still did a lot of the traditions that the Judaism does. But there's a oneness in the authority of Scripture that you just can't get away from. I mean, see, they believe that this book is so holy that you can't touch it. And so they had scrolls and they would roll it out and they have a pointer. And the guy that was expounding scripture was using the pointer. And it was really amazing because it was the New Testament. And he was pointing, but 
It is too holy. This is the holy word of God. And it can't be touched by human hands. And so they had a pointer and they just went through it. And you're just sitting there going, oh man, that's what the Jews. And then I had to hide mine because somebody colored in mine. <laughs> so so, so my, my, mine's not as holy as yours is. <laughs> so my, mine's been defiled. Oh, I forgot. A Gentile's carrying it. Never mind. But so you, you see these things. We do this. And yet we are one in Christ. And it doesn't matter whether you're a pastor, an elder, a deacon, or just somebody sitting there. We're all one in Christ. Now, when we looked at this last week in verse 18, for through him, we both, okay, Jew and Gentile, have our access in one spirit to the Father. He deals with the Trinity right there. Okay? Through Him, by the Spirit, to the Father, we have access. And I shared with you this last week that that word access means we have an introducer. Someone has introduced us to the King. That's what the word access means in the original language. Someone has given you access to the king, has introduced you to the king. Hey, your highness. This is Terry. That's what Christ did. That is what the work of redemption is. I have an introducer. I now have. You know what is really cool about it? If you're a true believer in Jesus Christ, you have as much access to God the Father as any human being ever. You Do you realize that you have the same access that Christ His Son has? The same access. And I mean, you know, I listen to people say, well, you know, do you have a prayer chain or do you do this? Listen, we all have access. There isn't anybody, I don't care if you're an infant in Christ, I don't care if you've been walking with Christ longer than I am old. You have the same access. Because you were introduced to the Father by the Son through the Spirit. Just don't get no better. You know what I rather like about it? And and I, and I deal with people almost on a regular basis. Do you realize that your salvation is so complete that God is not looking for something to condemn you over? That's amazing to me. He takes us in and he doesn't hold anything against us. And yet I watch people carrying this guilt and I'm like, well, why? Why do you carry that? I don't carry it. Listen, it doesn't mean I don't do dumb things. You know, if you've ever, if you've worked with your hands, I work with my hands, you are forever and a day hitting something and those wonderful, flavorful words go through your mind. And I praise you, God, that I just ripped a hole in my knuckle. You are so gracious to me, Father in heaven. All right. And I mean, if you really want to do it, and when I used to frame houses, dude, get one of them waffle heads and lace up a thumb. It hurts so bad you can't even speak, let alone say something. You just sit there and go. 
But gradually as your heart beats in the end of your thumb and you can feel it, you're saying, I thank you, Lord, that you are growing my faith and my patience every moment. But you know what? He doesn't hold that against you. He does say, why don't you hit the nail? (laughs) If you hit the nail, that don't happen. (laughs) So, anyway... He doesn't looking for anything. He's everything that you have ever done, everything that you will ever do is forgiven. And it is so forgiven, it's never remembered. It is as far as the east is from the west. That's why you and I have an introducer that has given us access to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. To the very presence of God. Now in verses 19 through 22, it is, for all intents and purposes, a closing summary. He has been discussing the unity of the body of Christ. You do not make this unity. It is already there. You preserve the unity. You know what that means? Quit putting your stupid little barriers in the way. I mean, it's... What good is that if they've all been torn down? What does it accomplish? Okay, now... Here, he does it in the conclusion, this summary. He gives us three metaphors, okay, to kind of to kind of help us out, all right? It's, it's to help us visualize this miraculous action that has taken part by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You were far, you are now near. Those who were already near are here. You have peace with God now. All right. If I have peace with God, why would I have confrontation with his people? Now, you know what? Some of his people are just little porcupines. Cute as a button, but gee, don't pet it. Okay. You can't help that because listen, in just this room, There are people with differing levels of spiritual maturity. They have differing amounts of faith. And, you know, uh, you have to be aware of this. Because you you ain't going to drag anybody in the pearly gates. Oh, by golly, we try. And we want everybody to be perfect, just like us. Okay? Be careful what you ask for. All right. What you do is you walk with the king. And in that walk, he perfects your faith. And we've all been through different things in our lives um, that have done different things in our faith. But you, it's just, if you have kids, you always want to help them. But then you realize you cannot add to their faith. And it'll frustrate you. Boy, it'll frustrate you. But then you realize all you do is 
it's just like my job. I spend all week preparing. I spend my time on my knees. I spend time in His Word daily to prepare. And then I bring it out here. And it's like waiting tables. It's prepared. It's a feast of the Lord. Here it is. Now, if you eat of it, knock yourself out. If you don't, knock yourself out. All right? And, you know, I I complain with him. Hebrews 13 says, you know, you need to honor your elders. Why? They watch over your souls and they must give an account. Now, I think I got robbed on that deal. That what do I got to get? Them is your sheep. Don't blame me. But I still have to give an account. So I consistently try to deliver up a meal. And, you know, I know, I know for a fact some of you are starving anorexic Christians. And I don't understand why. I mean, you know, I don't know how many Bibles you got in your house, but I have a handful. And I've got more than that laying on my desk. And everybody says, what you got all of them for? Well, I don't want to be Bible handicapped. Okay, you know how you'll have one Bible and you know where everything is in that book. And then you're out and about somewhere and someone hands you a Bible and you can't find nothing. Because I know it's, it's right there on that corner and that, that column. Because, see, this one that I have here is one margin. There's no columns. Then I've got one with columns. I've got King James. I've got New King James. And so I can cruise around and I try to teach out all of them. Why? So I'm not Bible handicapped. So, well, I can't help you because I don't have my Bible. Okay? That's, now that's just for me. You, you do it however you want to. I win if you get into it. Paul is closing this out. He wants us to understand. He wants us to visualize how Jew and Gentile have been made one. How I don't care what your economic status is. I don't care what your race is. I don't care what your educational status. I don't even care what you do for a living. We are one. We are one. How we are all one. There is no division. There is no separation. And so he gives us three pictures here. Three metaphors. One, that we are fellow citizens. Two, we are the household of God. And three, we are being built into a holy temple. All right? If you look there in verse 19, this translation starts with, so then. The actual word is the word that we translate Therefore, okay, so then or therefore both mean the same thing in light of what I've given you. Okay, so then refers back to what has been said. What has been said? Well, you were alienated. You used to be alienated apart from Christ. But now you have the unity that is the peace with God through the person of Jesus Christ. And the people who believe have the same. So we're all one. All right. Because we are all one. 
Because we have been made one in the person of Jesus Christ, because we have access and peace with God, we are no longer strangers. Okay, if you look there, he says, therefore, we are no longer, he says, strangers and aliens. Interesting words in the original language. The word stranger there is xenonoi. All right. And it uh, it literally means an outcast, a wretch, a vile, rotten person that you keep distance from. All right. To use one of John Calvin's understanding, the dregs of humanity. I never understood that. Why is a dreg? But anyway. All right. The next one word you see there, in my translation, it says aliens. Some of your translations would be sojourners. All right. That is someone who is a friend, but is not part of the family. All right. They're not a citizen, nor do they have any of the rights of a citizen. They are passing through. You know them. You have known of them. And... They're a guest. You can come in. You want to have a meal. But it's like that thing that, you know, it's like that guest is like an old fish. After three days, it starts to stink. So you throw it out. All right. But it's they're not in the inheritance. All right. So. Either a wretched, which would be a outcast, that would be the stranger that you would not have in your house, or you would have a house guest who has no rights. Uh, They are welcome, but they are not part of the inheritance. All right? He says, you are no longer either one of those. You're no longer someone that I've associated with, or you're no one that would be an outcast that I do not even want to be near. You're not like that anymore. Those are two divisions. Those are two things that separate us. Those are no longer true. That Remember, the social alienation and the spiritual alienation, both of those are gone. Spiritually, we are one. And socially, we are one. We are one. And then look what he says here. But you are fellow citizens with the saints. All right. Literally, you are fellow citizens with the holy ones. With the holy ones. You know what I like about that? I'm not waiting to become a saint. I was talking about that this morning. There are those who believe that at your death, if you've done enough really good things, they'll have a council come together and then they'll make you a saint. All right. This says, I already are. I'm a saint now, which means that I'm a saint with all of the other holy ones. We're all saints if you're truly a child of God. The called out ones. Those are the believing people. We are fellow citizens. We are all Saints now. Okay? You know what? That's good. There's no strangers. There's no outcasts. We are all in the 
family of God. Fellow citizens, we are of God's household. He calls us brothers. He calls us friends. There are no sojourners. There are no aliens. There are no house guests. We are all in it together. We are all citizens. We are all members of the kingdom of God. And there's no degrees in the kingdom. Well, I have a better place. I remember I told you I was seeing a bumper sticker I thought I'd like to have, but I repented of it. Yes, God loves you, but I'm his favorite. I thought that was kind of cool. Okay, but I was threatened with bodily harm if I got that. And I said, all right, I don't want to be bodily harmed, so I won't get it. All right? Why? We are all citizens. We are all members of the kingdom of heaven. You're not waiting to become a saint. You're not saying, okay, if I can get me a whole bunch of attaboys, then I will be a saint. That's not biblical. Other than that, it's fine. But do you understand what I'm trying to get at? You're not waiting to be a holy one. You know what? If I go with what Peter says, it says you are royal priesthood. Now, there's an odd thing. Under Judaism, you are either a priest or you're royalty. You cannot get the two together. And if you don't believe me, ask King Saul. He decided he would do it. And it cost him his family. (laughs) I mean, in essence... No, we are a royal priesthood. We are holy ones. We are called out ones. We are saints. Do you realize that all of those that were redeemed who had died before the cross? Okay. You're equal with them. King David, Moses, Joshua, Caleb, all of those. All of those called out ones, all of those holy ones, you are as equal as they are. You are equal with Peter, Matthew, John, Luke, Paul. As they were saints, so are you. You are made real citizens with the saints. We are all citizens with the saints. We are all members of the kingdom of God. Because that access, we were introduced to the family of God. Every believer is there. We, if you are saved, then you should know that your citizenship is where? Heaven. In Ephesians chapter, no, not Ephesians. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. I want to give you the context, okay? Verse 18. Verse 17, I mean, is the beginning of it. Brethren, joining, following my example. Okay? That's a discipleship. And observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Observe them. Okay? For many walk. Of whom I have, I often told you, and now tell you 
even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, whose glory is their is in their shame, and who have set their minds on earthly things. All right? Walk as I walk. Why? Because for our citizenship is in heaven. You know what that means? He just contrasted it. Don't put your focus on the earthly things. Because our citizenship is in heaven. From which also we eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory. By the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Why? Because my citizenship ain't here. I'm just passing through. I am that sojourner. I, it is, it is frustrating for me in this day and age because I look at us and there are times when it seems like our citizenship is here and it's not. My citizenship is in heaven. I have access to God the Father, the creator of existence. I am going through this place. I am passing through this place. But there's too many times I see too many of us and we're hanging on tight to this place. And we shouldn't be. You know, I've told people before, I said, God gives us stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But I will tell you this. Hold it loosely. Hold it with an open hand. So if he wants to take it, let him have it. I remember I had a really nice fishing boat. And it was my ministry. I could take guys out and we could go fishing and share fishing stories. <laughs> but I kind of had to fish. I fished like uh, Peter. Without divine intervention, I didn't catch nothing. Okay. But I, I remember... And, 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 it, and it, we would take it. I took my kids out fishing. I had a dear friend of mine passed away. Uh, and I, was, I thought about this when they were talking about stories about Willie and how we were out at Bonnie Reservoir. I guess Bonnie Reservoir is not existing anymore. I guess it's a mud hole now. But anyway, we were out there. And if you've ever been out at Bonnie, it's a nasty place when the wind comes up. And this had a, uh, a flat bow on it and a split window and... <laughs> I was trying to get back in and I was taking on serious water. It was blowing over the bow and you're trying to keep it going. And then Willie was with me and his little girl was standing up between the two windows holding on and just getting soaked. And I mean, she wasn't about that tall. And I said, Willie, I need you to do me a favor. He said, what's that? I go check the battery compartment, see how much water I've got. And he says, it's about to cover the batteries. I was like, ah, outstanding. So anyway, we got it back in and bailed it out, and it was a mess. And then all of a sudden, the need came up in Russia. And I was like, well, we'll see what we can do. And you know what? I ended up selling that stupid boat to help these guys in Russia. 
All right, hold it loose. Hold it loose. Um, that, that's all I can tell you. Because if you hold on tight, you know, uh, I, I grew up with motorcycles. I loved motorcycles. I got onto some hard times, and I had to sell my motorcycle. And I never really thought anything about it. No big deal. And you know what? A fluke of God, I all of a sudden got another motorcycle. Now now I got four. So, <laughs> you know, and I just sit there and go, well, but, you know, I'm, I'll, yeah, I'll sell them in a heartbeat. Show me the money, you know. <laughs> okay, but but it, it, these are the things that I want us to think about, because there's times that our citizenship is in heaven, but we are petitioning for a visa here. Stop it! Stop it! I mean, there are things that God puts in our lives that we can use. There's nothing wrong with that. But when I look at this and I say, I am one with all believers in Christ, that I am a saint in the heavenlies now. That's where I need to stay. That's where I need to keep my focus. It doesn't mean I don't walk around in this place. But don't get too attached to it. I mean, you know, I've got this thing that I've got to do tomorrow and I'm not allowed to eat today. I'm not that hung up on this place (laughs) to be honest with you alright these are things that you and I have to be aware of we are one and when we have conflict it's the false trinity that's causing it the false trinity is me myself and I okay that's what's causing it when all of a sudden you think that you're important You'll have conflict with other people because, you know what? Somewhere down the road, I bet they think they're important. And yet, I think about what we have in the person of Jesus Christ, that I am now a citizen, for your citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. We are all citizens. And you know what? We are all citizens. I'm glad you're sitting down because you're going to have to get a hold of this. We are all citizens of the same kingdom. It ain't your kingdom and my kingdom. It is his kingdom. And that's where our citizenship is. Listen, I want you to think about this for just a second and let it kind of rattle around between your ears. There is no difference in any of us. I don't care what your expertise is. I don't care what your educational background is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Guess what? We were all sinners saved by grace. And you know what? Some of us were really good sinners. But it doesn't matter. We were all sinners saved by grace. And guess what? They are remembered no more. They are remembered no more. Alright? I don't need people to come up and remind me. Well, you remember when you... Yeah, I remember. I was there. Okay? I don't need that. Because you know what? My Father in Heaven doesn't. They are as far as from the east as from the west. They are in the depths of the seas. Remember no more. All right. So you, I don't need you to put a ball and chain on me. 
But you know what? I don't need to put a ball and chain on you. Walk with the king. Your citizenship is in heaven. That's why in Hebrews it says, don't be entangled with the things of this world. Okay, it doesn't mean you don't utilize stuff. But if you get a hold of it and you hold on tight, it really hurts when he pries it out of your hand. Your citizenship is in heaven. And there is no difference in any of us. There's, there's no greater saint or lesser saint. We're all one. So, next week we'll do the next two. Okay? Listen, please. Do yourself and me a favor. Don't put up any boundaries. We don't need fences. It's just something to fall over. We don't need that. Let us rejoice in our oneness in Jesus Christ. And then when that is experienced and growing, you know what? It's really weird. People are attracted to it. Because we all want to be part of something. And that's already taken care of for the believer. It's already done. Let's pray. Father, please make this real in our lives. Make it real in our thinking. Make it real in the things that we do and we don't do. And Father, we understand that we are one in the person of Jesus Christ. Let us be overwhelmed with our oneness that we are saints. We are in the fellowship of the saints. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That Jesus Christ has given us an introduction into the throne room of heaven where the plan of redemption began before creation. Let us understand that we have access. Let us understand that each and every one of us walk together in the oneness of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, to your glory and to your praise. In Christ's precious name, amen.